This is KMTT. Today's shiur by Harav Yamin Tavori is going to be delayed for a few minutes, two or three minutes. This is Ezra Beck, and I want to speak to you about something that is not itself Torah, but without it, the Torah will not exist, and that is your support for the KMTT program. Im ein kemach ein Torah. Chazal said, no bread, no Torah. Once a week, once a year, excuse me, once a year we have a drive week. KMTT is a community public service. No one else supports it. It has no other means of support except the, the people. We are all a community who are taking part in this what I believe is a fantastic program for the last three years. Once a year and only once a year, we come to you, we bother you, so to speak. Take a minute aside from learning Torah and the other things you do. Go to your phone, go to your computer and help us, help yourselves maintain this program for another year. Information can be found on our website, www.kimitzion.org. That's www.kimitzion.org. I'll mention right away the phone number of our office in New York, Vishvat HaRatzion, 212-732-4874. Both on the net or by phone, you can use your credit card, or you can send a check to the office in New York. The address is found on the uh, information page of the, of the website. If the community values, appreciates the program, this program will, will continue to grow. I believe that many people out there appreciate the Torah they, they, they receive in this manner. To be part of this dream that every Jew all over the place should be learning Torah. And if I hope that you will show your appreciation and those of you who have a little more uh, of an opportunity treat this as a serious donation, philanthropy, and become supporters, patrons of this program. Give more than just the minimum appreciation. But to to open your open your wallets and 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 give us all the means to keep the program going for another year. I don't want to take any more time from learning Torah, so much as some facts. We have two hundred shroom a year. It's five times a week. More than 40 weeks a year. Over 200 shirim a year. It's 100 hours of Torah which you're able to receive and learn and benefit from. Do the mathematics in your head. How much is that worth? And if you can, then add some add some more to become part of people who, who we can spread this Torah to other people and to more people. Till every, every traffic jam in the world will be a mini yeshiva. To the whole world. And now, back to Rav Tavori. Last week we discussed the mitzvah of Zechiras Mitzrayim, the mitzvah that occurs daily. We discussed the question whether it really is a halacha to count, to mention Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim twice a day, in the morning and the evening, and is it a mitzvah that should be counted in the, in the Minyan HaMitzvahs? We mentioned that Reb Chaim 
has two explanations, or two explanations were said in the name of Reb Chaim as to why the Rambam left out the mitzvah of Zechiras Mitzrayim. One reason is because he felt that Zechiras Mitzrayim, based upon the Machlokas and Maseches Brachos, that we say in the Haggadah, if we'll mention Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim La'asid Lavo, therefore, if we paskin that you mention Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim Bayom Balayla, so then we'd paskin against the opinion Lavili Mosa Mashiach, and therefore it's a mitzvah She'enu Noheges Ladoros. It's a mitzvah which is only temporal, although the temporal period of this mitzvah is, is very, very long until Bias Goel, until Mashiach comes, nevertheless, that might be considered a mitzvah She'enu Noheges Ladoros, and would not be counted the minion of mitzvahs. The other reason, the other explanation of Reb Chaim, which is found in Sefer of Rav Salavechik, Shiurim Lezech Rabbi Mari, the Shiurim, the yardside Shiurim that the Rav gave in memory of his father, whose yardside, by the way, is this week, Kimmel Shvat. So in that article, in that Shir, the Rav said that you might understand Zechiras Mitzrayim not as an independent mitzvah, but as part of the mitzvah of Kriyashma. Part of the concept of Kabbalah Samachu Shamaim of Kriyashma is to mention Yitzias Mitzrayim, as we say, Yitzias Mitzrayim within Shema, within Kriyashma, it's a fulfillment of Kriyashma and not just of Zigras Mitzrayim. Of course, this is the concept relates to the fact that the Torah told us in the mitzvah of Emuna, the basic mitzvah of Emuna, which is said in the beginning of the Aser Sadibra, so Mefarshim, the Ramban, Ibn Ezra, Rabbi Yudalevi, all discuss why did the Torah say, Asher Tzitzicha Me'etz Mitzrayim, in connection with Anochi Hashem Elokecha. Whatever philosophic explanation we're going to give, the fact is, the Torah said, the mitzvah of Emunah is to believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu took you out of Mitzrayim. So therefore, it seems that a part of the Kabbalah Salmach HaShemayim is to mention Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and therefore, as long as you mention Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim within Kriyashma, you fulfill the mitzvah of Zechiras Mitzrayim. This would explain the Rambam's opinion that all three parshas of Kriyashma are Daraisa, the third parsha being the parsha of Tzitzis, which has Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim in it. And this would explain why the Ram did not count the mitzvah of Zechiras Mitzrayim. Because it's not an independent mitzvah, rather it's part of the mitzvah of Kriyashma. By the way, the part of the discussion of this mitzvah should include another discussion that we will not really go into if women are obligated in Zechiras Mitzrayim. Are women obligated in this daily mitzvah of mentioning Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim daily? If you'll uh, look in the uh, various svarim about uh, halachos for women, like either halachos Beis or halachos Bas Yisrael, or one of those svarim, you'll see that they quote three opinions. Some of, One opinion is that women are chayv midaraisa, in Zechiras Mitzrayim. One opinion is that women are potter midaraisa, but chayv midrabanan. And the other is that women are potter completely. It's a mitzvah saseh, shazman grama. It's not, I'm not going to analyze now the difference between the uh, different three opinions, but we'll just point out that if you hold it's part of Kriyashma, it would seem that women should be exempt. The Mishnah Brachas, Tafchaf Aleph, says that women are potter from Kriyashma. If women are potter from Kriyashma, and Zechiras Mitzrayim is part of Kriyashma, it follows that women should be potter from Zechiras Mitzrayim as well. This, of course, is based on the assumption that, that the Rav mentioned and discussed there in the name of Chaim, that Zechiras Mitzrayim is part of the mitzvah of Kriyashma. Let's continue with the 
perhaps we could call the adjunct mitzvah, or a mitzvah which is certainly connected, in the, at least in thought, to the first mitzvah, namely the mitzvah of Sipu Yitzhak Tzitzayim, the mitzvah of telling the story. Now we know that the mitzvah of Zechires Mitzvah we talked about is a daily mitzvah, morning and evening. The mitzvah of Sipu Yitzhak Tzitzayim occurs the night of Pesach, and that's based on the, perhaps the Pasuk, the mitzvah of Sipo Yitzhak Mitzrayim is counted in the Rambam. Although the Chiras Mitzrayim, as we pointed out, we've discussed, is not mentioned in Sefer HaMitzvah of the Rambam, the mitzvah of Sipo Yitzhak Mitzrayim is mentioned. However, there are Rishonim that do not count the mitzvah of Sipo Yitzhak Mitzrayim at all. The Bahag, the Rasag, and others never counted the mitzvah of Sipo Yitzhak Mitzrayim either. And, of course, that would require another analysis. Why would that not be counted in the Minyan HaMitzvahs? But one could suggest a an idea based upon what we've learned until now. Last week, we mentioned, and today we re- reiterated, that Zechiras Mitzrayim was not counted in the Minyan HaMitzvahs. One of the reasons for the omission of Zechiras Mitzrayim from Sefer HaMitzvahs is because... Zechiras Mitzrayim will not be mentioned La'asad Lavo. In the future, after Mashiach comes, we will not mention Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And that opinion bases itself on the end of the first parak of, of Brachos, where the Gemara quotes the Pasuk and says that when we're going to see wonderful miracles when Mashiach comes, and therefore there'll be no need to mention the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So we pointed out that the Maharal asked the question, why would Sipu Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim be different? Why is this controversy only about Zechiras Mitzrayim? Whether Zechiras Mitzrayim will be mentioned in Lassad Lavo, Sipu Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim should also not be mentioned in Lassad Lavo. Although we had a beautiful Teretz of Rav Hutner, people can look it up in Pachad Yitzchak, a beautiful explanation from Rav Hutner why Sipu Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is different than Zechiras Mitzrayim, one could argue that the, the Maral's point is well taken. The same way Zechiras Mitzrayim should not be mentioned in Lassad Lavo, Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim should not be mentioned last at Lavo. And if that would be true, then neither Sipur nor Yitzhiyah nor Zechira should be counted the Minyan HaMitzvahs. And that indeed is found, is what is perhaps not found in the Bahag and the Rasag, that they left out the mitzvahs of Zechira Mitzrayim and Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. In his edition of Sefer HaMitzvahs of Rabbi Nisad Yigon, Rabbi Perlau discusses this question, why Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is not mentioned in the Minyan Mitzvahs. And one of the theories that he gave to explain it is because there perhaps is no direct halacha that a person must tell the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, according to those opinions, according to the people that left it out of the Minyan Mitzvahs. But the Torah said, The Torah did say to tell your son. So you might learn that's only a mitzvah if the son asks the question. The, when the son asks a question, and we see that in the Torah uh, in a number of places, if your son should ask you, so the night of Pesach, perhaps it's important that the son should ask, but the response, the Sipayit says Mitzrayim, is only in response to the question. And since <coughs> there is no independent mitzvah to tell the story, but only to answer the questions, maybe it's under the rubric of Talmud Torah, where a son asks a question, which is a Shoel Ke'inyan, he asks a question about a topic which is relevant, so there's certainly a mitzvah of Talmud Torah to answer him. So therefore, it perhaps is not counted the Minyanai Mitzvahs. 
Another uh, possible explanation would be based upon a Ramban in Sefer HaMitzvahs. The Ramban, in the end of the Sefer HaMitzvahs, in the end of the section of Mitzvahs Haseh and Mitzvahs Lot Haseh, the Ramban has a list of Mitzvahs that the Rambam left out. It's interesting to note the phrase of the Ramban. The Ramban says, Mitzvahs sheshachach osama Rambam. Mitzvahs that the Rambam forgot. It's widely assumed that the Rambam did not forget these mitzvahs, but the Rambam had a reason that he did not count these particular mitzvahs as minyana, in the Minyanai mitzvahs. One of the examples of the mitzvahs that the Ramban claims the Rambam forgot or left out is the mitzvah of making birchas HaTorah. According to the Ramban, there's a mitzvah d'oraisa <coughs> to make a birchas HaTorah before one would learn. He learns it from the Pasuk, Kishem Hashem Ekra the Rambam never mentioned, never counted in the Minyan mitzvahs this mitzvah of and the Rambam took him to task for it. It is possible that the Rambam disagreed with the Ramban and thought that Birchasatorah is actually a mitzvah Rabbanan. It's not a mitzvah Daraisa at all. Although that is possible, and there are indications that the Rambam really does think that Birchasatorah are Rabbanan, nevertheless, there are people who thought that the Rambam agreed that the mitzvah of Birchas HaTorah is a mitzvah d'oraisa, but still need not be counted in Minyan mitzvahs. And the reason for that is actually suggested by the Ramban himself at the end of the mitzvah. However, the Ramban rejects this premise. The Ramban says, do not think that the mitzvah of Birchas HaTorah is not counted or is not to be counted because it's part and parcel of the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. There is a mitzvah that, of course, the Ramam does count, the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Daily, Vagisa Bayam Valayla, the Pasuk in Yoshua, the different psukim where we adduce that there is a mitzvah to learn Torah in the, in, in the Torah are, is counted in Minyan mitzvahs, that there's a mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Since a prerequisite for Talmud Torah is Birchas HaTorah. So perhaps you should not count the mitzvah of Birchas HaTorah because it's part and parcel of Talmud Torah. The Ramban did suggest this argument, which many people think is indeed the truth for the Rambam. However, the Ramban rejected it. And the Ramban said, because there are other places where there are two mitzvahs that seem to be fairly well connected, one seems to be a prerequisite for the other, and nevertheless, the Rambam did count both. For example, he mentions giving Bikurim and saying the Parsha of Bikurim. We will not discuss that point today. However, the second point the Ramban mentioned is that the, Ram, that the Ramam did count the mitzvah of Sipo Yitzias Mitzrayim and Karben Pesach. Now, at first glance, it doesn't, you don't seem to understand the argument why Sipo Yitzias Mitzrayim and Karben Pesach are so inherently connected that the Ramban thought a person could say it's one mitzvah, but the Ramban did count it as two mitzvahs. Why would one person think it's one mitzvah? Some have suggested an emendation. Rather than say, rather than think the Ramban was talking about Sipo Yitzhak and Karban Pesach, he was talking about Sipo Yitzhak Mitzrayim and Achilas Matzah. You see, by Achilas Matzah, there is a great reason to think that Sipo Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Achilas Matzah go hand in hand. On one hand, the mitzvah of Sipo Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is done completely <coughs> with matzah on the table. 
when we say ba'avur zeh, we say ba'avur zeh lo amarti elo b'shashi yesh matzah umar munachim lefanecha. The mitzvah of sibayz mitzrayim is complete when there's matzah umar. I remember the days when the Jews in Russia were not allowed to have matzah in the mid sixties. Rabbi Baron Salavechik spoke about this in the in Shir, and when there was a demonstration in front of the UN to allow the Jews in Russia, if not to leave, at least to eat matzah, the Shia was discussed whether those people, in a theoretical question, whether the people who do not have matzah can really fulfill Sipu Yitzhiz Mitzrayim in its complete kiyum, in its, the entirety of the mitzvah. On the, on the other hand, let's look at it backwards. The mitzvah of Achilles Matzah may be fulfilled not only by eating matzah, but by telling the story over the matzah. When we, the Torah says that matzah is called lechem oni, there are a number of interpretations what the word lechem oni means. Poor people's bread. Some people, based on the Gemara, explain the poor people's bread. They eat broken pieces of bread. The way they produce it is different. My sister used to say that when we know the price of achilas mat of of shmura matzah, handmade shmura matzah today, we have a new interpretation why it's called lechem oni. It's lechem that would lead one to poverty. A person buys a number of pounds or kilo of of matzah, it's really going to break him. So uh, it's called lechem oni. Of course, a more serious perush and it would be lechem sha'onim alav tvarim harbe. Lechem oni is not just poor people's bread, but bread that we speak about, that we tell the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Matzah and Sipur Yitzhiyas go so much hand in hand that matzah is called lechem oni, matzah sh- lechem she'onim alav dvarim harbe. In fact, the Ramban in Brachos has an amazing perush of the section that we actually say in the Haggadah. We say in the Haggadah, kol shelo amar shlosha dvarim ha'ilu bepesach lo Chavaso, a person who did not say these three things, namely Pesach, Matzah, Marar, did not fulfill the mitzvah. What mitzvah did he not fulfill? So most people would think that you do not fulfill the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. There's a mitzvah to tell the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Included in that mitzvah, you must mention Matzah, the Koshto Pesach, Matzah, Marar. Whoever didn't say those three things did not fulfill the obligation of Sipri Yitzhak Mitzrayim. The Ramban says in Milchamos and Brachos, but he need not eat the matzah again. In other words, there was a Havamina. It seems that the Ramban entertained the possibility that a person who did not tell the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim did not fulfill the mitzvah at all of Achilas Matzah. Achilas Matzah and Sipri Yitzhak Mitzrayim are to be combined as one mitzvah. You tell the story over the matzah, you eat the matzah with the story, and therefore there might have been an assumption that you should not count them as two mitzvahs. The Ramban says, no, nevertheless, they are two mitzvahs. But perhaps that is the reason for those people, the Bahag, the Rasag, etc., who did not count the mitzvahs because they looked at it as connected to achilas matzah and therefore need not be counted. <coughs> The Rambam's opinion, of course, as we pointed out last week, is that Zechiras Mitzrayim is not mentioned in the Sefer HaMitzvahs. However, Sipu Yitzhak Mitzrayim is mentioned. Nevertheless, the Ram does agree that there is a daily mitzvah of Zechiras Mitzrayim. 
we fulfill it with in Kriyashma, and maybe it's not a mitzvah nohegis ladoras, but today, it's certainly at least part of Kriyashma that we should say zigres mitzvah every day. Now, the night of Pesach, there's a special obligation, which the Rambam counts, one person could phrase the question, if you'd like, why is this night different than any other night? Every night we have to mention Zechiras <coughs> Mitzrayim. The night of Pesach, we also have to talk about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So what's different about the mitzvah, the night of Pesach, between different than the entire year? I'd like to suggest a number of differences between the mitzvah of Zechira and the mitzvah of Sipur. The first difference I'd like to suggest <coughs> is I'd like to differentiate between two different types of mitzvahs. There are some mitzvahs that a person can do once, and if he'd like to do it a second time, a third time, a fourth time, <coughs> not only can he do it, but he fulfills a mitzvah all the time that he does it. There are some mitzvahs that a person does once, and if he does it a second time, it's there's no benefit to it at all, and sometimes it's even detrimental. Let's give an example <coughs> of a mitzvah that a person can fulfill once, and once he fulfills that mitzvah, it's no longer applicable, and he cannot do it a second time. A good example would be Birchas HaMazam. There's a mitzvah da to bench after a person eats. Let's say a person ate a meal and benched, and then he'd like to bench a second time. Not only does he not fulfill a mitzvah, Birchas HaMazam, but it's a bracha levatala. It would be really a very, very severe problem. A bracha levatala, the Rambam in one place thinks that a bracha levatala seems to be an Issa Daraisa. So, you cannot do it more than once. A mitzvah, for example, of tefillin. We put on tefillin in the morning when we daven shachris, but there's no doubt that if a person would put tefillin again on mincha, he would fulfill the mitzvah of tefillin. Every moment that a person walks with tefillin, he fulfills a mitzvah. That's a mitzvah that's ongoing. It's true that you can fulfill it once, but you can fill it a second time, and a third time, and a fourth time. There are certain mitzvahs that are interesting to an- analyze whether they fall into the first category or the second category. For example, the mitzvah of lulav. The, obviously, you take the mitzvah of the lulav and you shake it, and during Hallel you shake it, the nanuim, in Hallel. And then later on, you want to shake the lulav again, you want to take a lulav again. Do you fulfill a mitzvah every moment you have a lulav or not? Uh, or by shofar. So, do you fulfill a mitzvah all the time you blow shofar? According to biblical law, you only blow shofar nine times, nine sounds. Well, we call it ten sounds, but we sound three times t- of tekiah, whatever the shvarim is in the middle, and then the tekiah. But Rabbanan instituted that we blow a hundred kolos. Tulsus really discusses how can we blow so many times. But it could be that every time you blow, it's considered a kiyom because it's yom trua. It is a, a kiyom of shofar all the time. What about this mitzvah that we're under discussion? Is it one of those mitzvahs that you fulfill once and you do not fulfill a second time? Or do you say no? Every moment you fulfill the mitzvah, it's conti- the mitzvah continues. It could be that there is a difference between Zechiras Mitzrayim, which is the mitzvah that's applicable daily, and Sipo Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. It could be that Zechiras Mitzrayim really means to mention Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, to think of it once a day, or twice a day, in the morning and the evening. But once you fulfill that mitzvah, it's certainly logical and possible that you fulfill the mitzvah. To remember it a second time, 
during that day, if the mitzvah is once a day to remember, then it's possible to argue that you could not fulfill a mitzvah a second time. With Sipa Yitzim it's obviously true the opposite. The more a person tells the story, so the more he fulfills the mitzvah. We say, Not only does he fulfill a mitzvah, but it's certainly meritorious, meshubach, for a person to tell the story as long as possible. When we think about the babysitters who tell stories, so we know that stories are good if they're longer stories. A long story is always better than a short story. Rav Huttner added a beautiful twist to this halacha, to this idea. You see, he quotes the Gemara about the famous story about the student who wanted to elaborate upon in, in tefillah, and he mentioned words like akela, gadola, gibova, nora, erecha, paim, vref, chesed, gadola, eitza, whatever he added to the text of, of uh, let's say, Shmon Esri. So when he finished, they went to him and said, Siyamtinu l'shvacha de Maryama, did you fill, did you fulfill, finish complimenting all the praises of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? And of course the answer is, who could possibly tell all the greatness of God? Etc. Even if our mouths were as filled with praise and song as the water fills the ocean, we could not uh, finish the job of praising Kodesh Baruch Hu. So they told him, if that's true, then you have no right to begin. And they gave a parable, a story about a person was who was came to praise the king. And the person, somewhat like me in this respect, has very little awareness of the concept of wealth. And he goes to tell the king, look how rich you are. I saw you have two different cars, a Ford Escort and a Volkswagen. The king looked at him and said, that's the way you praise my wealth? You saw two of my sm- smaller cars? What about my Bentley and my Porsche and my Rolls Royce and my whole fleet? That you don't talk about? How can you praise me in a way that actually denigrates me? A person who does not have the capability of praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu to the extent which it should be done would be better off if he kept quiet. We're only allowed to say those praises which were enumerated and told to us by Chazal. But if that would be true, then how could we tell the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim? Wouldn't it be better just to say a simple statement as printed in the Torah, as written in the Torah, as written in our in our literature, and not add any more? Rav Hutner adds, this is true if a person would walk into the king and praise the king. But what would happen if the king asked someone, please sing my praises? So then the person should sing his praises to the best of his ability. If at the end he doesn't do an adequate job, then the king could come and scream at him, berate him for not praising him in accordance with the true measure of his wealth, of his glory. But then a person would have a response. Look, 
I am not so gifted. I don't know how to do this so well. I can only do the best of my ability. If you'll tell me why did I begin, I will explain to you I began because you asked me to. If you asked me to do it, then I have to try my best. Now, it's true, my best might be a very poor imitation of what should be done, but I can't help it. That's the best I can do. Rav Hutner said, it could have been that it would be forbidden to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu the night of Pesach. But we preface those words by saying, We are required by law to tell the story. And therefore, if we're required, we have to try to do our best. Even if our best will not fulfill the actual truth, what should be done, but nevertheless, it's praiseworthy because we try to do our best. So, really is to be done as long as possible. Another difference between the mitzvah of Sipo and Zechira can be suggested by a story that I heard about a child Ilui. Now, you can tell this story about any Ilui you particularly admire or wish to tell the story about, but I heard the story about one Eloi. It could be about someone else too. A father used to test his son by asking him kinds of questions, sharp questions, and challenge him in terms of his thinking ability, in terms of his general knowledge. So, there is a machlokas in the Gemara, if he were Kedibur Dami, or he were Lav Kedibur Dami. When the Torah requires somebody to speak, is thought, thought process, equal to hirhur, to dibur? Is the thought equal to speech? And a person fulfills the obligation by thought? Or do we say, hirhur lav kedibur dami, some things must be articulated, and the thought process is not enough to fulfill the obligation. So the father asks the son, if we pass in hirhur kedibur dami, then thought is the same as speech, Right? So, I'm going to ask you a question in my brain. I'm thinking of a question. Since here Kadibur Dami, you have to answer the question. I just asked you a question. So the child allegedly answered, I just answered the question. I thought, I thought of the answer also. And if here Kadibur Dami would work both ways. You asked the question, and I suggested an answer. Of course, the point of this story is that it's ridiculous to talk about here Kadibur Dami if we talk about communication between people. When there's a mitzvah to say something, as it were, a mitzvah mitzvah between me and my creator, then, even though the requirement is to say it, a person could argue and say, here are kadibur dami. For example, uh, let's say, take the mitzvah of Kriyashma, with the mitzvah to say the words, a person could argue and say, here are kadibur dami. But if the mitzvah is communication, to tell somebody something, then certainly a person could not think here a dami. Let's pretend for a moment that we were passing here a dami. Would I be able to record the shi'ur that I'm giving now, sit for half an hour with the machine in front of me, the iPod in front of me, think for half an hour about the shi'ur, and then send it out to the people, and they'll listen to the shi'ur, which I thought for half an hour. Obviously, Hewer can only work bin Adam la it cannot work bin Adam la Chavero.
the mitzvah of Zechiras Mitzrayim might really be a mitzvah where we might pass in Hirokadibur Dami. We might pass in that the mitzvah of Zechiras Mitzrayim can be done through a thought process. Even if you would say the mitzvah is to say the words clearly, but nevertheless a person could say Hirokadibur Dami. Whereas by Sipwe Mitzrayim, the mitzvah is Vigadatalavincha. Therefore, it certainly not could be thought of Hirur Kedibor in Sipo Yitzhak Mitzrayim. The last difference that I'd like to suggest today between the mitzvah of Sipur and Zechira is an interesting point that was pointed out by Revelville, but really should have been noticed much earlier. The Tosefta in Brachos says that the night of Pesach, a person should be involved in learning halacha of Hilchos Pesach. Revelo pointed out that the mitzvah of Sipo Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is not just to tell a story. It's also to learn Hilchos Pesach, to learn the halacha, to learn halacha the night of Pesach. Sometimes when I think about that night that we talk about in the Haggadah, where those great gedolim sat in B'nai Brak and learned all night, it's interesting to know what did they learn all night? What did they discuss all night? Did they really tell the story and discuss the miracles and, makas, and the different makos, etc. all night? Or did they learn halacha? Somehow it makes more sense to me that they were involved in halacha also. The Majitzer Rebbe pointed out that even if the mitzvah would be to learn halacha, even if the mitzvah is to the night of Pesach to be an intellectual or learn halacha to the best of your ability, nevertheless, the basic obligation of telling a story exists for everyone. And that's the way he explained the words in the Haggadah. No matter how intelligent, no matter how intellectual we are, there is a basic mitzvah to tell the story. Beyond that mitzvah, beyond the basic mitzvah of telling the story, then there's a mitzvah of learning halacha. The uh, answer to the Chacham certainly suggests such an approach. The Chacham asks the question, halachic question, and the answer is, It's well known through the Brisket tradition that they understood this answer to the Chacham, not just you tell him one halacha that you can't eat after the Afikoman. The reason that this halacha was chosen can be explained very well by Darshanim. But time does not permit me to discuss the drush of this answer. But the brisker's answer would be that you teach him Hilchas HaPesach and included in Hilchas HaPesach is this halacha, which happens to be the last halacha to do with the night of Pesach in Masechas Pesachim. So, in fact, the text that was suggested by Rav Salavechik in, in name of Gedolim who preceded him was that President should say, Afata Emolo Kilchosa Pesach, Ad Ein Maftir Machra Pesach You teach him the entire halacha, Hilchosa Pesach, until you finish. So, Zechiras Mitzrayim is certainly not learning halacha, whereas Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim might include halacha. We've mentioned a few differences between the mitzvah of Sipur and Zechira. Zechira might be finished in one minute, whereas Sipur could be long. Zechira might be done by Hirur and Dibur, and only by Hirur might be sufficient, whereas Sipur requires Dibur. And you must learn Halacha, the night of Pesach, but of course Zechira's Mitzrayim is just to mention very briefly the story of Yitzhia's Mitzrayim.